dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and we are into finals footy. There's a buy round this week, Source, but uh, big stuff happened in round 23 to set the final eight. We, we need the buy round just to recover, Pez. What, what, a, what a last game and last couple of games of football. And it's a shame that there was that St Kilda-Sydney game, that dead rubber at the end a little bit, because Sunday served up an absolute treat, Pez. It started off with the entree between the Doggies and Hawthorne. Uh, not the Doggies and Hawthorne, but that's basically what was happening, wasn't it, Pez? Yeah, well, the Doggies played Hawthorne. They had to win to take over Carlton's position in the eight. Uh, and then the, ne- the next game was, you know, Carlton, you're not in the eight. You need to win. Or draw to get past the doggies and make the finals after finishing the end of every single round in the finals in 2022. They literally spent less than a day not in the eight. Less than a day, Pez. Less than one day of the round of football. So not like maybe six, seven hours not in and to miss out. Really disappointing. And it was an absolute game, Pez. Like if we focus on obviously, you know, the last round and that last game, the the 74-75 finish, it was a game that had everything, Pez. Um, it had, you know, a big lead, a dominant start by Collingwood. It had topsy-turvy, had some players go down, had some interesting sort of celebrations. And then it had what we've come to know and um, I don't know about love, Pez, because you don't love it if you're Definitely a Carl- Carlton supporter, but the... Uh, resurgence of um, yeah, Collingwood in that last quarter and they started piling on the goals. The murmur went round the grounds. 95,000 people absolutely up and about and frantic scenes at the end, Pez. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Carlton have a 23-point lead at three-quarter time. Uh, they they end up kicking six behinds. Some of, the, some of the shots, you know, quite easy. A couple of controversial calls that Carlton fans did not agree with and then Collingwood just able to get over the line. Forget about the Jamie Elliott goal. Uh, to end it, was it McQueary from the other side from the boundary oh. line, 49 metres out, straight through the middle. When he kicked that, I was just getting a little bit nervous for the for the Carlton fans. I, I didn't want Collingwood to finish top four. I didn't want Carlton to finish in the eight. I couldn't hope for a draw because <coughs> then both of those things could have still happened. Like, you didn't know what to go for, but you just wanted to go for a big moment and we got it. Yeah, we definitely got it, Pez. And, you know, you really do feel, you know, of us obviously avid football fans of our own clubs, but you feel for Carlton fans a little bit because... They started the season eight and two pairs, and then they only had one win for the final month of 2022 in, you know, into September. And they, they had some pretty costly losses pairs against Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne and Collingwood, where they had decent sort of leads and they let them slip away and it's cost them pairs and it's a learning experience. It's, you know, no one really uh, sort of had them stepping into the eight this year, but it is cruel, it is harsh, and, and against an arch nemesis in uh, in Collingwood, and in that fashion as well, to 25 points up, not long to go, to watch seven unanswered goals get piled on and, uh, yeah, cost himself a September berth. It hurts even more, and to lose against your arch rival by a point in round 11, they also lost to them by under a goal. They lost to them by four points then, and any other win throughout the season, you look back and any other win would have got them over the line if they just had, had drawn another game would have got them over the line and just not able to do it in the end because uh, uh, the Bulldogs did get in and they were stayed in Launceston after the game. They were watching the game on the on the big screen. Like we said, there was a couple of beers sitting there, a couple yeah. of eskies. And they were ready to go. And uh, the, the eskies that we spoke about last week, they would have had to put the lid on them after the Collingwood game, after the Jamie Elliott goal. Boys, just settle down a little bit. We've got to do recovery. We've got to get back to Victoria in preparation to fly over to Fremantle it ended up being after the top four went up yeah. and about. And they've got a, a big road ahead of them. But, uh, as the Bulldogs fans have let me know this week, 2016 they went over and they beat Fremantle over there as their first uh, win of four in that final West Coast, series. West Coast, wasn't it? I think it was West Coast they beat in that uh, first round. West Coast, Fremantle, yeah. They're yeah, not the same thing, are but they? But they're the not ground. the same thing, but, but point... point uh, Point six was it point three six point six percent got them in their pairs and all we'll hear from Bulldogs fans for the next month until they lose. Actually, even when they do lose, I don't know how our team can be comfortable with it. We always find that that, that eighth spot is a sort of a bit of a, a limp into finals. They play the final the week before. They sort of have to win. They get in there. I think Fremantle will take care of them pairs, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the other huge game which determined the top four, which cost Brisbane uh, a top four finish. Brisbane, yep, yep, Brisbane because they they lost. 
Brisbane. Oh, okay. Brisbane. Yep, yep. Beautiful. Bris- I'm not going to say Brisbane because they are uh, they they didn't. Bring a, bring a win. <laughs> All right. So Brisbane, uh, where they saw them finish, Pez, uh, had the opportunity to finish second, and instead they slip to sixth and lose a home final. Uh, you know, you know, a double chance opportunity home final, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good for the Lions. Uh, they, they do get a home final, but it's an elimination final against Richmond, who, you know, some people have as a, a smoky from outside the eight uh, this the bo- season. The bookies have them as favourite, Pez. Uh, Richmond is favourite. It, it is close. Uh, Brisbane at home. People think... That Brisbane cannot recover from the the beating they got from Melbourne last last week. I I was watching the first half. I was uh, going for the Lions. Thought you know maybe they can win at home. Melbourne on the road in their last game, and it just did not happen. Melbourne right from the start, their pressure was immense. They uh, did not let Brisbane go forward with any uh, momentum, and Melbourne just kept going, kept going, and and snagging the goals. Pickett. Uh, where he left off the week before with the, the match-winning goal, kicked four first-half goals, and it, it was over by, what, mid-second quarter. Mid-second quarter. That's been uh, letting it go a fair bit, Piers. It, it was over early first quarter. The, the way that Brisbane just... Uh, Stephen May just deterred them from their forward entry and really disrupted that forward line was incredible. And, and it's disappointing for Brisbane because... Again, we're hitting into September, Pez, and they're letting opportunity slip. This was a prime opportunity to knock off the reigning Premier in a home home ground advantage, Friday night clash, go into the finals with with a double chance, secure and put some you know those nerves to rest. And we've talked about it their opportunities earlier in the year. This was a huge one, Pez, and this one will cost them mentally as well because next week they, they play Richmond, as you said, at the Gabba. But Richmond have won a premiership in Gabba at the Gabba. They, they won one during COVID. Really, really big ask. And again, another home final for the Lions, where if they don't win, questions are going to be asked. And questions have to be asked because this this group they they just need to do better. You need to secure the wins earlier, so you're not going into the final round having to win, especially when you're going to play a team like Melbourne, who, you know, reigning premiers and all that. So uh, those teams, it's it's a lesson to to everyone. Fremantle, they've cost themselves a top four spot during the year. Uh, Brisbane have Richmond have done quite well to get into the eight from where they were earlier in the year. The Bulldogs have spent most of the time outside of the eight, but Carlton are the ones really, really cost themselves uh, a shot at finals. St Kilda, you could say, but they were really disappointing. Also selling home games uh, up to, to Darwin, which you, you don't need to do if you're a, you're a decent side. So uh, a lot of lessons to be learned in 2022, and hopefully teams don't make those same mistakes in the future. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, whilst we're saying that, you know, it's un- unfortunate that those teams have finished fifth and sixth in terms of Fremantle and Brisbane and, you know, Carlton slipping out, but those teams that have made the their opportunities and they've, they've taken them when they when they've been given them Geelong Melbourne Sydney and, and Collingwood in this group as well they they're deserving of that top 4 because they have taken every opportunity as it's arose, arisen and Fremantle and Brisbane will be kicking themselves if they go out in straight sets but you know big achievement for Fremantle they didn't make finals last year um, but Brisbane this will be the first time that they've slipped out of that top 4 in the last 3 or 4 years and the last 3 or 4 years Pez you and I both have had them as, as one of the the favorites and uh it's going to be hard to win it from here. We know the history around winning a premiership from outside the top four. They have nothing to show for it at the moment. If they that's, beat that's, Melbourne, that's disappointing. looking on percentage and how it would have ended up, they would have been travelling to Sydney with a double chance. Double and they chance, match up quite well they do. against Sydney. So they could have won themselves into a home prelim final. This path, if they do beat Richmond, yeah, you don't want to imagine what happens. But say Melbourne beat Sydney at home. They go to play Sydney in the second week in an elimination final instead of a double chance match uh, in order to... what. Go to Geelong. Would they play Geelong prelim down Cadinia Park? No, no, definitely no, not. not with the redevelopment. There's the no. Ge- they've already said no finals will be played in Geelong this year. There you go, and that's fair enough. So M- MCG, uh, it would be, and the, the and we the know Lions the just don't haven't won there in ten years. They can't win at the MCG at the moment, so it, it's just no good. The other the other story from the night was uh, the Ben Brown tackle, uh, Cam Rayner, uh, an aggressive tackle in the end. Uh, I thought it was going to be holding the ball at the start until uh, the thud happened on the ground, but uh, ben Brown came up second best, blood nose, a little bit of a graze on his head, and uh, Cam Rayner lost the appeal and is missing finals again. So he missed with an ACL last year, mm-hmm. and he, he's going to miss the elimination final. So if Brisbane can't get a win, 
he still won't play finals. Yeah, a bit really disappointing for him, but again, disappointing for Brisbane, and and that's not something that you need going into finals. You want to have your best list in there. They are also facing some controversy from the week before with you know the, the Zorko stuff. Pairs not going to get into it. You know we don't we know that some of these this, uh, sort of things happen in football. They shouldn't be. Terrible, those sort of, um, you know, uh, conversations on the football field should remain on the football well, field. Well, you know what he got asked in the hearing? No. <laughs> they said, don't you assess that the, the ground at the Gabba is a harder surface I- in the middle of the ground there? And he said, why am I, why would you why assess am I assessing the, the ground and how hard it is? Just I'm going out there to play AFL footy. Like, what, what's, the, what's the big deal? And he's tackling a player, Ben Brown, who's bigger, stronger, this is what I don't get. If the players aren't aggressive in the tackle, then the the guy's probably going to break free and get a handball out. And the player that does the tackle and doesn't lay the tackle and isn't aggressive, he could get delisted. His career could crumble down. I'm not talking about Cam Rainey here. I'm talking about anyone. And they they could lose an AFL contract, which is worth a couple hundred thousand dollars at least. But Pez, like you know, he he doesn't do a hard tackle as you said, and the guy breaks free, and it co- it's costly. Like you know, you need to make sure of the tackle. It's disappointing that a football act like this, and it, you know, he's getting pinged because it's a hard tackle. And like, the result, and, and the res- again, the result. You know, we we know that we're we're not a we're sorry, we are a results driven uh, tribunal system, but it's just disappointing for for Brisbane, disappointing for Rayner, but it does make for an exciting final series, pairs. And we'll talk much more about uh, the final series going into the next couple of things. But some other um, for a week that had no football pairs. A lot of huge stories came out. Well, on the Friday afternoon, after we spoke about it, uh, Clarko. He has, uh, he's, he's taken the, the realms at North Melbourne. They seem extremely confident. They had a great presser. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, Essendon being the uh, the bridesmaid, or actually I've got a good analogy for that one oh, that I mentioned. Uh, but, you know, North Melbourne, it, it's a huge victory for the club. This is a huge step for North Melbourne, and it's not just a new coach, Pez. Hopefully it's the start of a new culture, and that's what he talked about in his presser. Look, it's the, it's the only step, and it was the only step. If it didn't happen, Source, just think of that. If it didn't happen... And North put all their eggs in the Clarko basket. He chose Essendon. North would be an absolute rabble right now. And uh, there would be no excitement about North. Uh, no one's worried about them at the moment. There's there's markets out there on betting agencies for when the, how many premierships he's going to win by 2027. And we're talking about a North Melbourne list right here. So it's absolutely ridiculous what the, the media thinks. But they've got a, he's got a free run for a couple of years now. He does. Uh, so he, he doesn't have to worry about media scrutiny. He doesn't have to worry about losses. He just needs to go in and, and coach as he does. And he's already spoken to a whole bunch of different players. We heard Jason Horn Francis interviewed earlier in the week and he said, yep, he's had a talk to Clarko. He wants to play more midfield time. He has to... And the first time I've heard Jason Horn Francis, because he's got a couple of issues this year, Source, and a bit of attitude, but he actually said, I need to go away. I need to get fitter and I need to be prepared to play AFL footy. Yeah. So that little little talk with Clarko, bang, mindset changed and it's one of those things Pez and Clarko said himself in the first address that they had after the 67 point loss to the Gold Coast he made a phone call and the message was really clear he made a phone call to most of the players in that list and he you know he didn't uh, actually doesn't start until November 1st uh, but he said you know you guys need to get ready to, to roll up your roll up your sleeves because I'm not the answer I am not the going to come around as the, the magic guru you guys are going to have to work your asses off the list is there Pez you know we talked about it last week the the, the, the great place that Clarko is in and it's going to be a long climb back to the top is and and what north melbourne i think and clarkson is trying to build is not just a a winning formula but a club culture shift and that we don't want to be you know north melbourne has a great history pez and i know we shit on them a little bit here the the pod but we don't want to see a victorian team shipped off to tassie we we, we don't want to see that with it with a rich history we want to see them come back and be a powerhouse and make the league even better to watch and and i think clarko has that mindset there being an ex-player as well now we all know that the north fans have tuned in to this podcast they're waiting for us because they've they've tuned out over the years with my uh hate on on North and just bagging the absolute shit out of them. So I've had to come up with a way to make this a negative source. So Of course you have. Uh, we've got Clarko. He signed on. The best modern era coach of the AFL era. Okay, He's won four premierships at Hawthorne. Now, he rebuilt a club, which Hawthorne were down in the dumps. They were, they were down Victorian they were, side. They were. Same sort of talk of them. Only 16 teams in the competition source. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot harder now with 18 teams. Is, so yeah. North fans, just think about that for a minute. One or stole a premiership. I don't know if you'd agree with that. 2008, that with the within the rules, okay, maybe they earned it. Yeah, you're, you're challenging Kalaka here. Jeez. 
I've got to do something for the North fans out there, don't I? Christ, please. Your credibility is going down. So they've stolen that flag. They weren't ready for it. Didn't make the finals in 2009. You go forward 2011, 2012, expansion clubs come in. Draft compensations, free agency comes in. Mm -hmm. So every year that they won the premiership, they lost Lance Franklin. They got in compensation. They got in Brian Lake, who won a Norm Smith medal in a grand final. The, The change of rules... And in free agency and the way it was back then helped Hawthorne get those premierships over the line more than Alistair Clarkson did. And those rules aren't here anymore. Uh, he might lure in a, a Bradley Hill, a Jack Gunston, a Luke Bruce or whatever to North Melbourne, but they're not going to be the answer for a premiership side right now. So if you're thinking premierships, just look think uh, a little bit off that I, I if you're a North fan. But I, I don't think that has to be the ceiling. Like I don't think that is a – you know. The, I think this situation is um, judged differently than any other sort of change of coach. You know, if he went to Essendon, you'd be sitting there going, okay, well, you need a premiership now. That list, you know, you haven't picked them up when they've been on the bottom. You've got good facilities. You've got good coaching staff before they went and axed everyone, you know. But what Clarko brings, because not only, you know, experience in terms of players, you know, premiership experience. He's, he does a lot of research. He loves his craft. He was over in the States earlier in the year, you know. Steve Kerr. Looking at Steve Kerr and looking at, and again, culture winning culture and he turned Hawthorne into a powerhouse club that's what he's trying to do he will get amazing resources in terms of people that want to work with him you know who else did that Paul Ruse at Melbourne yep didn't get anything while he was in the job did he Every, all the benefits came but later it's about building a culture it's about building it from the top up it's about building things that people want to go and instead of just using North Melbourne as to up the price in a bidding war, North Melbourne, when they go on that tour, Pez, when Dugowie goes through that and when everyone goes through those those doors at Arden Street, they're not just doing this going, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I'm, I know I'm only here to try and get people to, to raise, the, raise the price a little bit, but get me out of here. <clears throat> you know, you've got you to make it – when you're walking through those doors, even if they have already decided they're not coming to North – You've got to make them second guess. And I think that Clarko, what he can bring in terms of that experience, coaching staff, he'll bring, you know, those senior players that want to finish their career and go, you know what, maybe maybe, maybe I can't get a premiership contract, but let's go, let's go and work with Clarko and maybe I can help build my coaching resume and build some experience that way. You get these experience at the clubs. You then you get funding and resources. Like their name's been in, the, in, 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 in a positive light over the last month, Pairs North. He's bringing people in. Uh, and I understand that, but I'm just talking about the glory. I know, the, I know. The, you're trying to pop North and I think the, the, glory. the North Melbourne fans have endured enough, Pairs. Is Clarko as good Is Clarko as good as everyone thinks he wow. is? Let's see. Wow. Speaking things that are not good, Pairs. Essendon. Essendon. Now, and I heard this analogy, Pez, and I and I'm I am I'm not going to steal it because I'm going to give them credit for it. The Hardball Gets podcast put this in perfectly to sum up the Essendon and Clarko situation. And what they said, Pez, is Essendon were like the uh, the girl at the wedding who puts their hand up and goes, "Steve, I I actually love you," right on the wedding day. And Steve goes, "Who's Steve? Steve's the the, the groom." Oh, okay. And, and Steve goes, well, well, thanks, thanks, mate. But uh, I'm a- I'm actually getting married today. I just wanted to let you know that 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 I love you and I'm available. Yeah, that's cool. So what's Essendon like? A Essendon just is, a, that, is a that person girl. that just that you know the ex girlfriend that's been sitting there the whole time and then just tells them how they're feeling at the last minute. But there's there's no way that that man can back out of that. Like why why did Essendon throw their head in the ring last minute if they knew they were going to do this? We spoke about this last week, Piers. An absolute schmozzle. They were never getting Clarko. Clarko couldn't do all that and, and, and not go to North Melbourne. I know we discussed it last week about what they could possibly do, but but that's not going to happen. Well, Essendon have really made a terrible move because then they were forced to, to sack Rutten from it all. And, and they probably oh, didn't need to. It was an untenable job. Untenable job for Ben Rutten, but they're run by a bunch of fuckwits, really. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Essendon. Hey, since, say, 2004, haven't won a final, but there's reasons behind that. There's list management. Yes, there's the Asada drug saga issue in the injections. Yeah, but they passed that. Set, set them back four years or whatever. And now um, just with list management and things like that. And we've got Adrian Dodoro who they're still saying, yep, he'll he'll uh, send us into a rebuild here. He's, he's the worst bloke to hear about when it's, you know, trade day or whatever and everyone's trying to deal with Essendon. He's asking for 14 first-round picks and a couple of second-round picks for a mediocre player at Essendon. 
he he has cost that club a lot of really good deals that could have uh, got some some high end contracts out and got some young talent in, and they could have been in a better position. But uh, he's one of the reasons why they're there. They've got uh, CEOs and things that just you know go. Oh, I've got a lot of money. I've got a lot of things to do with Essendon in my life, but they've got absolutely no idea, mate. Yeah, no idea at all, Pez. And and th- there's so many issues going on there. And like the the board over the last twelve months or the last six months, let me give you an idea of how we can see that they've got no idea at the top. There were four main issues that the club uh, the, the top in the in the board level were debated on, and in most of these cases, they were divided by six to four. Right. So, the need for an external review over the last three years. Every time they went, no, nah, we don't need one. Six to four. Are you serious? Even this year, they still were like, nah, we, we don't need one yet. Yeah, we're all right. We're we right. made finals last year. We made finals last yeah, year. Right. Yeah, cool. That, for me, that's an alarm bell. The second, the choice of president between media executive David Barham and, you know, ex-Westfield boss Peter Allen. Okay, that one, that one's neither here nor there. But that's pretty – the fact that you have got a, a split vote on, on who your president is going to be is an issue. And, you know, the way that they move forward and your leader is means there's the internal um, turmoil with all that. The manner in which the club – uh, pursued Alistair Clarkson and the way they did it. Because they continually said that they didn't meet with anyone, they didn't meet with anyone, they decided, you know what, we don't need him. Like, if he's available, we spoke about this last week, Bez, you pursue him. Uh, yeah, you pursue him and then you know what, you do, you do sack Clark, you do slack uh, Rutten because you go, you know what, there's a better job person for the job. And they pursue them like everyone else did. And the last one is whether they actually had to sack Rutten or not and the way they hung him out to dry like they did. After he's hung out to dry, after the players didn't respect him, he's already gone. But, but they actually went and said, they're like, oh, no, he's got a job with us. And then three days later, see you later. And I respect Ben Rutten in all of this. And it would have been awesome if he had gone before round 23. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. But you got to understand that he couldn't do that because he, he needed to be fired. So he would be still under contract and paid out for the next year to support his family. You know, if, if it wasn't that case... He, there's no way he would have shown his face. There's no way he would have coached him round 23. No, no, and it's he also he also does a do justice to himself. Like you know, he he believes in the program. He said for the last interview that he has, he goes, I, I I believe I'm the man for the job. You know, they they trusted me. You know, t- 12 months ago to do it. Like he he hangs himself out there, Piers. But Essendon, absolute joke. The way they've handled everything, the way that they again haven't come under enough scrutiny up until this point. Anyway. And a dismal season. And what the Essendon, Essendon, um, what's been good for the Essendon fans is they're sitting there and they're starting to realise that list was not good enough. That list is not good enough. But they had some wins towards the end of the season. Pez, source, that so. list, that list, and what the coaching, what they need to do is they need to have a review and they need to be look, sit all the players down and they need to be say, hey, you guys are not good enough to be playing finals. You shouldn't have played finals last year. You got lucky. That's what they don't understand, and that could have been one of the worst things. But for that's them. where football clubs fall down. And we saw that we saw what happened to North Melbourne when they when they snuck into finals on a compromised draw and they tried to top up and they've now spent the last ten years down there. Essendon need to wake up right now and re- go run through that list, otherwise they're going to end up in North Melbourne's spot with a you know a huge fan base that are going to be asking for heads and it's going to turn to absolute shitstorm. Pez, they're going to ask for heads, but I don't think those Essendon fan base. I think they're too loyal. Those those older ones, it's those younger they, generation they turn, that are going to turn the younger generation, not the not the not old heads that, that have seen yeah. the two thousand premiership and all of that. But Essendon to to fix them, they they need to be relegated to the the VFL or something. Just go back to the VFL. You had your glory days in the VFL where you won all those meaningless premierships and that every single Essendon supporter talks about. Source the sixteen premierships, only two in the AFL era after <laughs> after nineteen ninety. But I was waiting for that. Uh, yeah, you talk about your fourteen silverware cups and go and try and win a couple more in the VFL. Oh, Pez is, Pez is hitting hard on these favourite clubs. Uh, all right, and I know the, the next one, Pez, your, your new favourite thing, or one of your, your not new favourite things, one of the things you do love, Pez, is the All-Australian <laughs> side. You're a big fan of this one. The 40-man squad, Pez, was named on uh, Monday night, and uh, I don't know if it was just me or Pez, but I didn't have enough time really to read the 40-man the squad before on the Wednesday night it got announced. And, uh, you know, the 22-person so- well, side, what are they what are they made it out to, Pez? 33, 44? How many people get included in this? Because they just chuck midfielders in everywhere. Oh, we chuck everyone in everywhere. We we know that it's gone. Uh, all Australian, as we know on the pod, and as the loyal uh, listeners would know, source that I'm not a massive fan of the All Australian side. I uh, had a look at it for the first time uh, tonight. If if I'm being uh, super honest and surprised to see a couple of a couple of things in there, including a weird captain's choice, but 
the All Australian selectors, they just do their thing and try and fit as many good players uh, in things as we go. We don't have many rules here, do we? We don't have uh, many wingers that can really make the make the side. If you're a, a genuine winger and you you run down the wing like an Ed Langdon, you don't really have a hope if you you're battling against uh, the best midfielders of every other team, like a like a Took Miller. What's your, what's your thoughts on doing something similar to like like obviously they pick twenty two like they they put, pick twenty two people for a side and they try and include the the best players in there now we know that it's a midfielders game so if you're only picking the best players you know generally you're going to get the best overall players are going to sit in the midfield all those key positions pairs if you're looking at those wing players those role players and there's some absolute superstars in those roles those role players they're not going to shine as much when compared to a midfielder so you know you put Lockie Neal up against you know a, you know who's a, who's a who's a winger that, that had a great year. Langdon, he had L- Langdon, year. There you decent go. Year. You put them up against there, and of course, you know Neil and Mills and Took Miller, Oliver, Cripps. They're going to look a lot better when they're compared side by side. But if you look at his actual role, Langdon had a great year. Should be in that sort of for that matter. What about the, the the thought of something similar to what the NBA do, Pez, and do you know your All Australian first midfield side, your second midfield side, your third midfield side? Maybe just name six, and then go. You might your first your All Australian just a wing side, and you pick six wings that are All Australian. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, I'd never thought about that. So rather than just rather than making them compete against different spots, you just go right. Well, your number one. Let's let's pick our six best midfielders. Do you have key forwards and small forwards? Well, let's just go. You know, six 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 of your forwards, and then the, the next lot can be in your second team. Maybe. Or maybe you do key forwards. I don't know how you want to do it. Maybe put a little bit more effort into the, you know, three the actual key design forwards, of it. Three small forwards. Maybe something, something like that. that. But then actually rather than make them compete against each other, make it against them compete about the spots. Now, I know the NBA have a problem with it you know, currently because they have a lot of players that get named at centre. You know, the centre's basically gone out of the game. That's the issue there. That is issue, but but we're having a ridiculous side now. I know that they don't play a side, and they're like, "Oh, well, they don't play a football anyway, so it doesn't matter." It's like, well, you're right, it doesn't matter. So if it if it doesn't matter, then why are we putting it in the side? Like if you're going to put it into side, give honour to the history of the game, and you've got positions for a reason. Put the best people in that position in the in the spot, and if that means that you know your best forward and your full forward gets moved to, to centre half forward, well then so be it. He misses out. He's Look, not the best forward in that game, that position. Yeah, uh, you you've got a point. Everyone's got their idea about the All Australian side, and we know that the the selectors don't always do it the best. But looking at that back six, we've got Tom Stewart, Stephen May, Braden uh, Maynard, Jack Sinclair, Sam Taylor, Adam Sard. Jack Sinclair, Adam Sard, genuine halfbacks. Yep. Uh, Sam Taylor, genuine centre halfback. Stephen May, genuine fullback. Tom Stewart, back pocket. Braden Maynard, he actually plays one on one defence and plays a back pocket role, and he runs off. So the back six looking decent. Looking, Looking all decent, right. Yeah. If I go to the forward line, I'm going to skip the midfield for now. <laughs> Christian Petrarca, Jeremy Cameron, Shy Bolton, Charlie Kerno, Tom Hawkins, Tyson Stengel. So they've got the three big forwards, three big tools, Cameron, Hawkins, and Kerno. Uh, you've got Stengel as the small forward there. Mm-hmm. You've got Shy Bolton, who kind of runs in the midfield but does go forward, and I can see why they've picked him at a half forward line because yep. he actually changes games as an X factor. Petrarca... Probably doesn't do enough. He has pings from 50 out. He kicks a lot of behinds. He's more of a damaging he's, midfielder. He's a midfielder that can come out and kick goals. And that's why they've chucked him on a, on a half-forward yeah. line. Yeah. But why not chuck a, a genuine half-forward type player in there uh, so they've actually got a chance? Because there's only really one forward pocket exactly or a genuine right, yeah. forward pocket player in, in the forward six. You, you look in the midfield, you've got Gorn as uh, a ruckman. Obviously, the ruckman is always Dis- going to do that. Disappointed there's not three ruckmen this year. Oh, they, they always usually try and do it, but <laughs> Blixarves is the perfect uh, pick on the bench. Oh, I love Utility. it. Utility. Utility, great. He, he can go anywhere. He can play anywhere. He plays defence, plays forward, uh, plays in the ruck, and he plays as a midfielder and a winger as well. So he is the perfect person to pick in All-Australian because no one can say, oh, he hasn't played that spot this season. But uh, Clayton Oliver, Patrick Cripps, Lockie Neal, they're the ones that are in the middle. They're in the centre square there. And you've got Took Miller and Callum Mills on the wing. Now, Callum Mills, probably more of a half-back. He's moved up to the wing a little bit, but not as much. But Took Miller, he is a genuine uh, center square bounce type player who who gets the ball there. So he's not a wingman, um, and you go from there. They've got a couple of forwards slash midfielders on the bench to try and uh, try and play that out. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw would have suited the wing more than Took Miller mm-hmm. as well, even though he's a genuine midfielder as well. So uh, I don't know. Um, interest is depleting year after year with the All Australian side. And if they want interest to stay, they need to uh, do something about it. Not a big shake-up or anything, but just make it 
genuine. Make 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 genuine. I like the idea of genuine pairs, and maybe you have a you know your A side and your B side, and then you, you just at least make people well worth the position. But in the game and the way it's evolving, there are becoming a lot more players just playing around the ground. So I can understand how they can make justifications of splitting them in, even though that took Miller only played two uh, percent on in that position there, and he's still oh, named in that. So, uh, but like you know, the question that everyone's asking pairs biggest snub, biggest snub off the off the top of the list. You got any? Uh, Main people that you're looking at. If I knew it was in the forty, I might be able to. I'll give you. I'll give you a list of what the people think, and then you can tell me if there's any you know, standalone stud, uh, uh, snubs there. Pairs: Rory Laird, James Sicily, Charlie Cameron, Sam Walsh, Andrew, Angus Brayshaw, Tom Lynch, Tom Barras, Marcus Bontepelia. The top ten of the what people think. Uh, any any standouts there? No, not for mine. I, I, like who who are you saying from there? Oh, I just I just not saying anyone. I just, like, just wanted to know your opinion. Like my opinion. Like I, I do want maybe, to talk maybe, about maybe Sicily. I think Sicily had a, a good year. I think he kicked fifty goals, maybe, maybe. But like you know, again, look, you look at that forward line. Sicily's he's, not uh, kicking fifty goals. He's not sitting in there. Not Sicily, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who you got? I don't know. Oh, it's, I was what, like, I, it's, what I was going to talk about is the centre half back position. So Sam Taylor for the GWS Giants. I, I did ask you. I said who who else is a a genuine key defender, and you gave me Tom Barras. So both really good one on one defenders. The, the problem is that the ball went into their defence so many more times than any of the other good sides. So they've had more opportunity to do that. They've obviously shined with the intercept game uh, when they've gone. Barras probably didn't play enough games, if I remember at the start of the year. He, he was missing a few, but uh, Sam Taylor, yeah, gen- genuine genuine star. and nothing, nothing against him, but just the amount of ball that he had and the opportunities that he had to, to intercept and defend – maybe shone the light on him a little bit more than others. Yeah, um, and also Barras had 77 more goals kicked on his team compared to GWS. I think that if Sam Taylor's not down there, uh, they probably get opened up a little bit a little bit more. Um, but you are right, it's hard to... You know, I heard someone say that, oh, you know, the the defender should always come from from the person in the back line because, you know, and from a bottom team because they're, they the ball's down there a lot. And it's like, well, that's not a good indication. <laughs> that's not a great no. indication at all because if they, the ball was down there all the time, they'd be stopping it and they probably wouldn't be getting beaten every single week. But neither here nor there, Pez. Uh, what about the, all the awards that have gone through? I mean, we to start things off with the All-Australian, Pez. They had the, the two captains, the All-Australian. Uh, Tom Hawkins named the captain, Pez. Weird. And uh, Patrick Cribbs named the vice-captain. Yeah, I don't mind the Patrick Cripps uh, vice-captain or captain there, but Tom Hawkins as a captain, I don't really see it. How how does he how does he get that? What's the criteria? Um, I, I don't understand. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe they're looking at uh, his leadership on the field. He's you know he's an experienced guy. He's you know always seems to be doing the the team thing with all these little goal assists here and there. Um, but it's, it is a weird thing. I want to put the GA the goal attack on him. Goal assists. It, it is. <laughs> it is a bit of a weird thing there, Pez. I would like to see the um the the winner of the. Uh, best captain voted by the players and coaches. You know, this year Scott Pendlebury won that award as the alpha best captain. I'd like to see him get a Guernsey and just... What's he going to do to captain him from the boundary line? Yeah, he could, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they don't play. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. You want to add that, you want to add that in? You can for that. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Why not? Uh, some of the other awards, Pez, uh, you had uh, Robert Rose, most courageous player, Liam Baker. He won that. Yeah, Good cool. on him. Well done. Yeah, best, fairest, uh, first year player, Nick Dacos, as well as the rising star, Nick Dacos. Yeah, he had a rough start in his first game, which people don't remember with a whole bunch of clangers, but uh, he yeah, played well in a lot of Collingwood's close games and just racked up the possessions and playing well with the other Dacos brother as well. I heard people say that he wouldn't have won it if his last name wasn't Dacos, and I don't really Get agree with it. that because uh, he was well-deserving with Absolute that. Absolute superstar. And, and, you know, one of the reasons that uh, Collingwood have been so successful this year and been able to hold on, he's an absolute star, Pez. Uh, the AFL Coaches Champion Player of the Year, a tie, took Miller and Clayton Oliver. Is this the coaches' votes with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the 10? Took Miller and Clayton, Cl- Clayton Oliver. Oliver. So Took Miller's done well there for, for where they've finished on the ladder, like getting... So the most valuable player, isn't it? Obviously, high votes and and things like that. But Clayton Oliver, yeah, he um he got tagged out of a couple of games in the season, but his impact on a, a lot of games, thirty plus, thirty five disposals, and in and under type midfielder as well, just well deserving up there. Yeah, and the best young player award, Jay, Jai Newcomb, voted by the coaches. Yeah, well, is that like the Dacos and the the Newcomb thing? Like so one, one was done by the one was done by the players. One's the rising star, and then the other one is the uh, voted by the coaches. 
Oh, okay. Like John Newcomb for Hawthorne, you know, he played a great season. He he came out. Uh, I know best best young player actually. I tell a lie, so I don't know what that is. Best young player? Wouldn't that just be a rising star? That's what I assumed. That's why I thought didn't know that that was an award. But uh, Newcomb finished second to Dacos. Had a, had a good season. Had a great season, Pez. Uh. <laughs> Who knows? Good and and the alpha alpha player of the year was Angus Brayshaw, which is uh, is really good and uh, should set him up for uh, an interesting Brownlow night, Pez, because he is one of the favourites up there as well as uh, Clayton Oliver, Andrew Brayshaw, Andy Brayshaw. Yep, yep. good, good, good. The Andy there, Pez. Well, you said Angus, so I was thinking about the helmet from Melbourne. You know, so you just got to oh, knock he, at the he, brothers. He came third third in the Brownlow uh, a couple he, years ago. He did. He did. Good call. Uh, no, nah, Andrew Brayshaw, absolutely amazing year, especially with Fremantle losing what they did. And being able to finish where they did, disappointing not to get the top four. But uh, Andrew Brayshaw, a big reason for their rise up the ladder. A definite rise, Pez. And, and you know what? The main reason that people tune in in this show, Pez, is to hear not about the, the finals and not hear about uh, oh. not hear about the Alpha really? Player of the Awards or the All-Australian. They're, they're hearing where, where the money's been made, Pez. It's no official review. How does it end? Well, didn't I just waste my bloody time there? Why don't we start with this, if that's what the listeners want to hear? Oh, you got a, got a slow drum roll, Pez. You don't go into the, the banging the cymbals straight away. You get a nice little slow drum roll. You've got to hear the knowledge of, of where the uh, the betting comes from, Source, because yeah. it's been a stellar 2022. Uh, regular season over. Ready uh, to go into finals, but uh, we've got to wait year, a week. Another year, Pez. Another year, regular season in profit. Oh, it's yeah. Five years in a row. <laughs> Thank you. Can't get much better than that, can you? Have well, a little bit of a sip there. Just a <laughs> cheers, cheers to the mic there. I already finished. I was, oh, no. no, you didn't. Here, here cheers. <laughs> oh, is that, is yeah, that there you go. Both sides. <laughs> no, but um, a great season. So what we do need to do, Source, is we need to recap uh, round 23. So we'll go through the games and our bets like we do every single week. We'll go through how our units are sitting and, and what our profits look like. I'm not going to say profit slash loss because there's no losses going on here. And uh, then we've got no bet slip to show for it, but we'll uh, soldier on from there. So we had Brisbane versus Melbourne last week. Now, I got my tip totally wrong, but I got my bet right because I took a, a leaf out of Source's money-making handbook and uh, bet on a promotion. So Lockie Neal uh, to get more disposals than Petrarca. I uh, didn't see the end of the game, Source, so woke up at 2 a.m. just thinking, geez, what happened here? Let's have a look. Lockie Neal, more than Petrarca. You little beauty, that's uh, two units, double it up. Yeah, better than what I looked at, Pez. I thought it was uh, Lockie Neal versus Clayton Oliver. And I Ooh. looked at the thing and I'm like, holy shit, that's uh, a fair few units lost on the Friday night. But uh, when I messaged you and you clarified it for me, I was a little bit excited. I had a little, a little bit of a swagger in my step because I had the same bet there, Pez. And I took a leaf out of your book with my uh, Ned's bonus bet. Had the t- alternate total uh, over and under points pairs, and I had unfortunately Brisbane to to win. So oh, I, had, I do I had have a bonus bet. There. I do have some advice if you're going to take a leaf out of my book and do that. You've got to get the so the over and unders. You got that correct. Bang on! But you've also got to get the other leg right. Yeah. That's, what you, <laughs> that's a bit harsh, pairs. That, that's that's just what you need to do if you're going to going to take the leaf. Yeah, thanks, asshole. All right, uh, so and uh, that was uh, so that was a fifty fifty split for that one there, pairs for me. Yeah, uh, GWS versus Fremantle. Now, GWS took an early 31-point lead, and wow. I had Fremantle minus 12.5, so I was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, this is over. Fremantle, maybe you don't want to play top four. Maybe you don't want to give yourself a, an opportunity uh, the second game of the round. Like, I thought they would have absolutely annihilated the Giants, but the Giants showed a little bit of heart, but Fremantle ran all over the top of them. Uh, David Mundy got a cheeky, cheeky goal because the player that got the free kick actually injured and couldn't take the kick. So Mundy, who else do you, who else would you want taking a set shot? So uh, had the two units there, minus 12 and a half. Uh, got up in the end. They won by 19 or 20 points and uh, easy nearly double up. Yeah, easy nearly double up there, Pez. I did the exact same thing. Two units, 225 odds. I had the, the Pez special, Freo to win over 125, under 180 and a half. Loving that one for a nice little profit. All right, next three, I don't have a bet. So North Sun Source, what do you got? You didn't. You didn't bet in the uh, North North Suns. I didn't. I didn't have a bet. Uh, Geelong West Coast. I had a, a bonus bet in. Oh, that you one couldn't Pez. help yourself, could you? Well, I had a bonus bet from the Friday night, and I thought I couldn't help myself. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't bet on it, Pez. You're a big cat supporter. You got the whiskers drawn on you today, Pez. Pez. <laughs> you could piss off. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little bit confused there, Pez. I rock up to the podcast, and I thought we. Were, I thought we weren't running a Geelong podcast. I am looking at a very dedicated Geelong fan here. He's got the old whiskers painted on and a little bit of a black nose there. It's nice and cute. It's Offered me a milk when I walked in as well. It was very nice. It's actually Texter. Uh, I was doing my my stuff for the public service today and uh, 
helping the kids out, dressing up as a cat in a hat and giving out a lot of high fives. Mm, yeah, not having a bet and being a pussy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, though, Pez, it was a little bit uncomfortable uh, when you were at the pub, I hear. You, you walked around in the pub with Look, the, the makeup on. Forgot I forgot, on. <laughs> forgot I had it on, and I've got the uh, the six whiskers and the, the black on the nose, and uh, went to the local, which uh, is just check the, the final standings in the in the footy tipping for the for the season. And uh, have a couple of pots and having a good chat with the with the bar staff there. And uh, didn't realise until pre-show when sources realised <laughs> that I've got, it, the, I'm like, have you got, got whiskers? the whiskers. And then uh, the missus goes, uh, didn't you go didn't you go to the pub and uh, <laughs> have some beers with that? And the, the realisation set in and uh, couldn't stop the laughs. But uh, yeah, no one said anything, the pricks down, down at the locals. So maybe I need somewhere else to go. Yeah, maybe you do, Pez. I had, uh, I put my bonus bet down and just, I was at the game and I knew it was going to be an absolute walk in the path for the Cathers. So I had a bit of a fun, just chucked multiple uh, goal kickers down. Cameron Guthrie was the one I thought was going to struggle for with Pez. And uh, he Early. kicked two in the first quarter. And it was paying about three bucks for him to kick uh, one goal, let alone two. Uh, Matt, Matt Holmes didn't get a goal. And he Patrick Dangerfield, he did. He, he passed one off with about. 20 seconds to go, yep. and Paddy Dangerfield had about seven or eight cracks there, Pez. And, and should have had more shots. Should have had more shots. But there was a lot of time, I was, what I was liked from him as a leader of the club, is the amount of times he was in the 50, and there were other players that had a shot for goal, and you could see them looking for him, and he wasn't even leading. He's like, no, you go back and kick it, doing the team thing. I like that. So I didn't get, uh, didn't lose any money there, Pez. I already had lost that, so but no uh, loss there for me. Yeah, sounds like real good fun, that. Um, it was good fun. <laughs> it was good fun watching. Um, Essendon, Richmond, uh, nothing for me either. Oh, Pez, I, I talked about this one from the week before. I jumped on this super early, minus 17 and a half. Oh, I remember. But yep. I, could, I could have doubled up and had the minus 20 and a half. I well, could have pushed it out to minus 30 and a half well, because it was easy money. You should have because when you gave the 17 and a half, it was already at 22 and a half and no one could jump on. Oh, well, that's why you say, Pez. And I might, might, maybe I'll give some advice for the finals in a week and a half before the teams are there. But minus 17 and a half, that's great. That came from the fan with Finster, Pez. He Gave me their little heads up with that one. So hey, once once Clarko announced once Clarko announced North Melbourne as well. Essendon Premiers, literally Premiers. had nothing to play for. Yeah, North, so. North Melbourne Premiers. That's what you're on. That's there's an early one for you. Uh, yeah, 20, yeah, 20, 30. yeah, cool. Right, um, so I had two units on that one, Pez. That was an easy one. Yeah, very good. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. I I was confident in this one. Two units on Port Adelaide line. It looked shaky in the first half, yeah, like it where shaky. it was a close game, but Port Adelaide still in a little bit of control, and then they just went bang and thought, you know what. Adelaide, they got us last time. They're not getting us this time with a 55-point win. Yeah, it was a great pez. Uh, I put in a, a money ball bonus, not bonus bet, sorry, just a, a two-unit one for Travis Boke to have more disposals than Jordan Dawson. Just a promotion, yep. Just a promotion standard pez where I make my money. It doesn't matter how you make it as long as you, uh, now, as you make he, it. Boke was in trouble for a Boke little bit. Boke was in trouble very early and it was right up until the last quarter pez with a couple of nice little back-and-forth handball connections. I'm sitting out front my missus' place after the <laughs> after watching the, uh, the Geelong game mm-hmm. and driving back. I'm sitting in the car glued to it and she's like, oh, I don't understand. Stand like why you're watching it. It's like a thirty points. I'm like, because I need this guy here to get two more, two more. And, and then people, he went bang, bang, bang. If people aren't inclined with watching footy, and if you're a punter and you have got disposals and goals yeah. and things, you can be watching down to the last second in a ninety nine point game. Yes, and I was, I was. <laughs> he ended up getting up by two in the last maybe thirty seconds. A great little handball connection from Boke. But then you still got to watch because you're like, if there's a turnover, what happens if Dawson gets the same thing? So I love that one doubled up there, Pez. Very good. Uh, then Sunday, the mad Sunday, which it was, Hawthorne versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, I didn't have a bet in this one, Pez. I was leaning towards Hawthorne, and I looked pretty good there for some stages of that game, but the Bulldogs too strong in the end. Yeah, the Bulldogs just had to do it, and uh, minus 16.5 I had. It did look shaky, as you said, but most of the teams that had to win did look shaky at the start, and the other team came out firing. So uh, ended up getting up in the end, and that's all I needed for my three-leg same game multi. So uh, doubled up in a little bit there at $2.04 odds with one unit. Uh, the next one was Carlton versus Collingwood, and I had the Carlton 40-plus cheeky here source, and it was looking really, looking really real good, good in yeah. that third quarter um, after being 30 points down. And then um, I did not mind that that game finished close and Carlton missed the finals because it's a great narrative, and uh, to lose the little cheeky there, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. And both of us had the same theory with this one, Pez. We literally were having a punt because we wanted to have a little bit of extra... Uh, little bit of fun on the game with which should have already been and was an absolute spectacle Pez. I had the three leg same game multi hit none of them but I as you said I was pretty happy with it so <laughs> none of them now St Kilda Sydney I wouldn't usually bet on this game source and uh, I had a tab bonus bet and my issue was I got the bonus bet from uh 
the the multi. Yeah. And it expires in I, seven days. I have the same issue actually. I wanted to talk to you about that. It expires <laughs> in seven days. So if it expires, I I couldn't think of I might have forgotten it during this week with the buy, the pre finals buy. So I just whacked it on Isaac Heaney to kick three plus goals because if Sydney had a one by maybe forty points, fifty points, they would have been playing a home final against Melbourne mm-hmm. Source. They would have finished second and they let a big opportunity slip the Swans because they should have uh, demolished St Kilda and they, they left the door ajar and St Kilda just you know kept on coming with their turnovers and slow ball movement as we're, we're used to with St Kilda. But Isaac Heaney, two goals, two in the end. Uh, didn't get his three goals, which was paying uh, 220, but I just had my bonus 50 on that and I, th- I picked the, the most likely Swan to kick three. Yeah, I uh, didn't have a game in this one, Pez. Steer clear. I uh, did enjoy watching this one at the pub, especially with one thing I do know I love, Pez, is the live ladder that sat in the corner of this for 90% of the game and there was no movement. No movement, no percentage movement, no nothing. And I just love that even up until like 30 seconds ago, live ladder just sitting there. Oh, when there's no chance of them catching 2%. There's no 2%. chance of catching them 2%. And That's when the live ladder's going to go. Ne- it doesn't need to be there the whole game. Like just no. Every time there's a score, yep, the live ladder is affected. Not a just bit. the whole game and not just that game. It was all Sunday. Oh, it was so, it was so annoying. The the Hawthorne Bulldogs game, like when the Bulldogs were, were winning and they got over the percentage, yeah, show the ladder and show, hey, they're above Carlton fans because you've got to, you know, build yeah, interest or cool, whatever. That's cool. And then Carlton fans, it didn't matter about the live letter. Everybody it, knew it, what was it happening. Was, it was good to see after that goal. And then they, they just showed the, the you know, when they were down by you know, five points and then they uh, showed the live ladder and, and Carlton are sitting above them. And then they showed that after the goal, the live ladder and it swapped Make around. Make up your mind, Sauce. You, you like it No, I liked Jesus. that when it, when it, ma- when it mattered. Right when when the game is dead and they you know they needed fifty something points to 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 cement that and they're they're sitting at thirty points. Well, there's there's three goals either side where it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like you know four four or five goals to make a difference. I don't want to see it every time they score because I still need, they need more. Oh, and more when goals. it was a seven point game and they needed seven goals in ten minutes, it wasn't going to happen. So nah, get rid of the live get ladder. Rid of the live ladder. Uh, my multi lost from uh, Brisbane. I just chucked them in there and uh, was wrong. So that's where my multi and my bonus already went. Source. Yeah, I had a uh, Brisbane Fremantle. Richmond, uh, two out of three ain't bad, so I got a bonus bet for that one, Pez. But you got a bit of an issue. I do. It expires on the twenty eighth. So am, am I right to use the bonus bet for the next round of footy? One hundred percent. The cool, only thing the only thing uh, you have I'm, to do is let let the fans know. Right, Don't so, just uh, so jump when, on. So when am I putting it out? So as soon as I have it there, I'm ready. I put it out. As soon as you put it, you put it out because we don't know. There might be some future. Maybe there might be some psychopath uh, listeners out there that actually follow your bet source. So if they do, give them a chance. What about the uh, the old futures there, Pez? Maybe I chuck it on a sneaky. You can future. chuck it on whatever you want because uh, the media manager has plenty of room with only eight teams left. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to know any of the odds, Pez, and uh, what I might be thinking or nah? Oh, well, the listeners are frothing for it. Let's have a look. What do we got? <laughs> well, I uh, just closed the screen, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, you expect me to say no? <laughs> the AFL, I did actually. The AFL Premiership. Uh, some of the popular ones, Pez, is the AFL Premiership winner bet stand regardless of the season format, which is. Good. Good to know. This is on tab. I don't, I don't know okay. what that means. <laughs> Brisbane, 31 bucks. Collingwood, 10 bucks. Frio, 23 bucks. Geelong, 290. Melbourne, 325. Richmond, 13. Sydney, 6. The Doggies at 31. The same odds as Brisbane. That's what I don't like about tab. Why is it in odds order? Uh, I'm going to sneak across to just sports bet there, Pez, because we know sports bet is a great user-friendly app. Them similar to uh, Mint bet there, Pez. They're a uh, great... Uh, a good user-friendly app. Great but, uh, user-friendly app. Hor- horrible... Uh, Employees that ban you for Mate, no the reason. finals extra markets are great. So you've got you know the the most goals in finals, most disposals. Oh you've yeah, got forget the about force, those. You know, AFL AFL finals, most goals. Who do you think the favourite is for most goals? Most goals during the AFL finals. You got to think of a team that's going to play three. So if you think Geelong is going to play in the in the finals, Jeremy Cameron would be a hot favourite uh, in there. If oh well, you got to try and pick the first like the elimination games. You can really if you, a team wins two in a row, they're definitely playing in prelim. They could possibly play four games if they win the prelim as well. So, yeah. so if you think of a team like Richmond, you think of Tom Lynch. I think he's going to be up there in the in the top top five or so as an option because if if they make it and he plays enough games, 
he's going to be the one kicking goals. And Pez, that's why we make so much money with your in-depth knowledge. Cameron, 475 favourite. Tommy Hawkins, 7 bucks. Fritch, 750. Tommy Lynch sitting at 4th at the 8 bucks. Franklin there sitting at $11. And Heaney, our man, at 15 So if you don't mind any of those, uh, as you said, those teams that possibly lose the first week but then can maybe have the match-up right, you're in for a bit of a shot there, Pez. Oh, if they lose the first week, your player kicks two goals. Yep. They come out next week, they kick five in that elimination game, get to the prelim, win or lose, they kick another two, they're, they're sitting thereabouts. And you win that prelim source, that next one, you get to play four games. If you if you can pick that, you can make some money on you that. You can definitely that, so. make some money, Pez. There's a couple of sneaky opportunities if you think there's a match-up there. Obviously, if you think, for example, Richmond are going to uh, lose the first week at home final with Brisbane, jump on a couple of Brisbane players because they're going to be playing at least two games and they have that possibility of that that mix-up with the, the loser from the week before. They might favour one of those match-ups, as you said, against that Sydney maybe or possibly maybe even against uh, the Cats or... Uh, well, they'll be the, playing uh, Sydney or Melbourne. Players. Yep. Sydney or Melbourne, exactly right. So if you like that matchup and they get Sydney, then you might jump on one of those. Most disposals, Pez, who's, who's, who's leading the race there? Listen to your expertise. Oh, well, you've got Oliver, who is probably expected to play uh, three games, would probably be favourite. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think Brisbane's going to win a Lockie Neal, but I, I saw Tom Lynch in there for the goals you said. So who's a Richmond player that would be high in disposals every week? Uh, like a Prestia? Yeah, correct. Bang on. Pez, love your knowledge. 375, Oliver, Petrarca, 11.50. Guthrie, unusual at 13, the team that sort of shares the ball, but they think the Cats are going to get there. Callum Mills, great odds at 15. Prestia, your man that you just mentioned there, 15. Parker, 15. Andy Brayshaw, 18. Angus Brayshaw, 18, just because they couldn't separate the names like old source there. But a uh, couple of good little uh, odds there, Pez. And then always uh, the AFL grand final first goal scorer. Great odds. That's already on, Bez. Holy crap. And this is... Nick Maxwell. Can, can I just tell you, this is one of the worst odds and bets to do. Do not put any money down What's on Tyson the first goal scorer, <laughs> first goal scorer of the 2020 AFL Grand Final. It is disgusting. 2020 AFL Grand Final, I'll put it on. 2022, sorry. Oh, 2022. 2022. Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins, Bailey Fritch, Keziah Pickett. They think it's going to be a Geelong-Melbourne game. Uh, or Sydney. Sydney's the next person down there at 23 bucks. Wait, wait, what... What are the odds? Surely they're not so like what fifteen bucks for Cameron. Twelve bucks for Cameron. That's that's shocking. That's horrible. That's horrible. You can get odds. seven or six bucks for him on, on a normal. Yep, terrible. A normal game. So don't get sucked in with the 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 festivity of the finals there, Pez. Don't ever bet on first goal scorer. <laughs> no, you don't. It's don't ridiculous. ever do it. Don't do it. The best thing you could do for first goal scorer is the the bundles with that Neds have where you can pick six people, but even then, compromised odds, it's not worth it. I've I've seen some people bet on all twenty two players before and go, oh, I'm gonna have to win somewhere. Oh, but you only <laughs> you only win pairs if you go big. You have to go big. Got to go, Pin. All right, Pez. Uh, we haven't really addressed the finals, and that's because next week we will uh, unpack each game in depth. So the way we normally do finals, Pez, we go through a couple of the losers of the teams that have been eliminated. We might do a little bit of a sneaky podcast there, Pez, and eliminate uh, the t- talk about the teams and what they need to do in the offseason. We will go into extreme depth next week, Pez, and we normally have a couple of futures sometimes with that, but we can discuss how that's going because, Pez, when you're up as many units as we are, which we haven't discussed, actually, when oh. you're up as many units as we are, Pez... Uh, you can have that flexibility, but uh, tell us, tell the viewers how many, uh, how many units are. <laughs> uh, round twenty three, we spoke about all the wins. <laughs> we and we losses, did that every week too. Well, we just Anyone forget about our losing um, podcast. Oh yeah, staked. Uh, yeah, because every other podcast doesn't talk about it. Nope. They lose. Um, we staked nine. I staked nine point four units uh, for round twenty three. Returned thirteen point six eight for a profit of four point two eight units uh, for the round source, which take takes me round one, round one through to twenty three. I staked two hundred thirteen point eight. Units, I returned two hundred ninety six point one six units for a profit of eighty two point three six units. Absolutely and, love uh, nice pairs. Just rolling in it and uh, a couple of uh, nice purchases around the house because yeah. of it. Maybe not a face washer. You could have purchased something like that. Anyway, uh, staked for the year, Pez. I staked... Uh, sorry, for the year. Sorry, for the, that round, 12.4 units. Returned... A big, six, big staking round from you. 16.30 units, Pez. You know why? Because if you get a couple of wins early, you're sitting there and you're a little bit confident, you've got a little bit extra to play with, so you chuck a couple of sneaky ones down. You, you love having that little Profit, 30 loss, something. 3.90 units, Pez. Love that. Staked for the year, 189 units, 180. 
0.9, uh, 0.4 units of stakes for the year, returned to 26.29 units pairs, a profit loss of 37.25 pairs. We love that. You put 50 as your unit, I'm pulling home 1,800 bucks and you love The that. listeners are just bored at this stage. Oh, that's, just- that's rude. They have to be bought at this stage. We're just saying, oh, yeah, we're up this many units this round, this many units this round, and people might not believe that we're up that many units. Source. Go to our Twitter. It's all there. All there, all counted for. All. Uh, and do you know what's really good, Pez, about our bet slip? And I know it's only a bit of a fig jam here. We used to have a teacher about that fig jam. Uh, well, just about every bet is out before the games. Yep, it definitely is. And not only that, Pez, if you look at our bet slip, you can actually see that it is a – bet that is priced you can see the units that we're, we're spending there oh, yeah. that's what i love pez is you don't just put put it in there and the, the tweet is like i'm going geelong big lots of units and then when it loses goes oh, i only lost two two units but what are what are your units people see that we, we're backing it we put our money where our mouth is there was nowhere to hide and nowhere to hide. um there's no, there's no deleted tweets on this uh, on this podcast tell either. What, tell you what, I was getting I was getting pretty uh, pretty close there, Pez, on the the bulk bet when I put down live. I didn't know if you'd seen it or not. My like, oh, it's cheeky one, but it no, doesn't, I doesn't matter it if down. I've seen it. A lot of people have of the notifications Pez, of turned Pez. on. Of so course, yeah. the honor system. But I tell you what, though, whew, I was pretty close listening to that on the way back. <laughs> he was down sixteen to three. Now, while we're on betting and we don't have a bet slip to talk about, obviously, but uh, I just saw this week, I, I don't know how, my intern didn't tell me, but Derek sent a, the inbox on, on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it either, Source, but he showed us the, the Richmond line. He actually jumped on the Richmond versus Essendon line, I think before you, because he got minus 14 and a half last week. Jesus Christ. But the issue was, he he, he said, I got on earlier than Source, but... Uh, um, when Richmond destroyed whatever, what are they going to do? It's 18.5 already. It'll probably finish 26.5 is what he said. He tried to put on $200 on Neds and they only gave him 138.89. So $138.89 is all they let him stake to return 263. So they only wanted to risk losing $125 Neds on that bet, which is really strange because I have not been restricted on Neds yet. They've started reviewing a few different little bets, but I've never seen a bet like that actually be taken back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's odd. Maybe it's because... Maybe because it was so early in the maybe week. Maybe because it was so early and the other game hadn't finished yet and they knew the line was going to shift. Maybe maybe that's that, all that's it was. That's the, the only explanation there, but um, good job to, to Derek for jumping on early and having that mindset to have a look and try and get a little bit of value early. And that's why I talk about it, Pez, about putting game bets on early because it's about the mindset and about predicting the future. It'd be good future. if you told anyone as well. It would be good if I told anyone else. But speaking of predicting the future, Pez, there was a... Uh, Sunil takes a special and goes bang! It was a special that I've, I've just seen one on Moneyball, Pez. And uh, if you like the Demons to, to do well this year in the, in the finals, Pez, you can get any Melbourne Demons player to be named the 2022 Gary Ayres medalist, which we know is the best player during the finals, two buckaroos. There you go. You like it? Nah, I don't like oh, it. Oh, okay. Because Geelong's going to win the flag. So uh, you got Oliver, you got Petrarca, you got Gorn. Oh, you haven't got Gorn. Gorn's not winning the best player of the thing compared to any midfielder. If he dominates in the ruck I for think three Melbourne, games, I, I see. I don't know how it works, though, Pegs, because you know if Melbourne win it, they're playing three games. So I, 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 it's one of those interesting ones. So he can, you know, if Petrarca or let's say Petrarca wins it, he can win it on a max of what nine votes. You tell me that Max Gorn resting forward, he kicks fifteen goals over three games. He's not winning the the Garriers medal. Because if they're winning, then Petrarca and Oliver are taking votes if, off each other. If Max other. Gorn kicks five nah. goals a game. No. He's winning the game. He's not getting, the three, not getting the three votes. Wow. Well, you jump. Do you like it? Do you like it? 22? No. No, me neither. Not, not <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we're arguing? That's what we like to do. But why we're arguing, Pez. We both thought it was a shit bet. But, but I'm just letting the, the punters know out there. A couple of the D's fans, I know they're up and about now that, they, uh, now that they've turned the switch, as we keep hearing. What I, what I do want to know, and I want to ask the listeners, if you know of any finals comps, like because tipping's over for the year. Ooh, yeah. So we've raked in our winnings and, and done all that. But if you know any finals comps anywhere, uh, just inbox behind the bound because yes, I'd love please. to jump involved, uh, get involved in any finals tipping competition love uh, it. there is possible. And uh, Any capping ones, any ones where you're picking lines, where you're picking last man standing, whatever where you're it picking might be. any of those sort of players to kick goals. I love all that sort of stuff. Inbox the, the show pairs. Where can they find us? At, at Behind the Bound on Twitter and uh, you can – if you don't believe what we're saying here, because it is unbelievable, source when you when you do 
say it. I, I can't believe what I'm saying as well. But you go back, you can check the history. Man. It's all there in accountable. It's all there in accountable pairs, and and we keep saying that we're we're surprised by it, pairs. But five years of winnings, this is the biggest that we've won, com- you know, together for for a long, long time. Huge. Oh, it's a it's a massive win, which is what makes it all the more better. If I lose 82 units over the next four weeks of footy. I'm going to be very disappointed to have a losing season yeah, this we, year. You might mean to uh, bet responsibly pairs and not be throwing that many units down <laughs> in, in, in three weeks of finals. When there's not that many games, no. <laughs> Four weeks of finals, sorry. That definitely won't be happening. But uh, hopefully uh, the listeners got their footy fix for the weekend. AFLW started this week, so yeah, started tonight. Smart. So Collingwood uh, taking the chocolates over Carlton again by the looks of things when I looked at the score last. So... Uh, Houghton fans would be yeah, wrapped with that. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I think it was international check on your uh, Blues supporter friend today the other day. So make sure you check on all those uh, Blues fans. Yeah, because uh, as much as we love to hate them, they they do feel for it and passionate. The, the fights in the in the crowd. That's not on. That's not, not, on. On. not on. Um, and were well, you asking a question or telling me? I'm, I'm just telling you, it's not on source. Not on. So I don't do it. <laughs> verbal verbal banter is good. You just can't take it too far. No, and it can't turn physical, and you can't be. Punching people and no, it's not that. everything's no. caught on. They, you know, we as adults and as, as sports lovers, it's, the game's about respect. And and by you know taking that sort of uh, opinion and you know acting like a peanut, you're not respecting the game. And just go there, enjoy, talk about the footy, leave. See you later. I actually did say there is going to be punch ons in the Carlton Collingwood game, no matter what. Yeah, true. With those fans there, I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. Uh, we'll catch up next time.